Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Uh, A lot to get into on a Monday, so let's not waste any time. Let's head out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline. Joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, Steve Karp. Steve, how are you? Very good, Arash. Uh, a great football weekend here and more football to be played. That's right. Uh, again, you were at Allegiant Stadium on Friday and Saturday, so let's uh, talk about the game Friday. Final Pac-12 football game, Washington uh, winning, uh, securing a right to play in the college football playoff. Uh, Steve, your thoughts on the atmosphere, the pomp of the pageantry, again, kind of a sad day in the sense that it's the final day of a great conference. Uh, But you wrote about the fact that, you know, this day didn't need to happen. Uh, Your thoughts on the Pac-12's football swan song? It was sad that it came to this because it didn't need to. There there should still be a Pac-12. Nobody should be leaving for the Big Ten or the ACC or the Big uh, 12, or any league. They should stay intact. In fact, what they should have been doing was looking to add teams to the league, not blow it up. And and like I wrote, I blame the commissioner, I blame the presidents. Uh, just totally mismanaged the situation. And now we've got what we have. Uh a league which is no more. When you think about all the the great athletes and all the sports, all the great coaches, administrators, I mean, it really was a conference of champions for so many years. And uh, well, you know, you know, you went to USC, yeah. so you you understand it as well, if not better than anybody, what the Pac-12 or the Pac-8, Pac-10 meant. To uh, the Trojans, not to mention UCLA, obviously, with, you know, John Wooden. Uh, it's just sad. You know, that that's, there's no other way to describe it. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if, if they had done what I think you and some others have suggested, you know, I mean, they, they uh, wanted to have a team in Southern California. So you invite San Diego State, a basketball program, by, by, by the way, that was in the championship game and in the final four a year ago. You invite UNLV, um, academics aside, by the way, it's a great uh, school now. Uh, you know, they're, they're, at, they're in Las Vegas. They're in the heart of the sports uh, you know, capital that you've held your basketball tournament and football championship game and invite them and then yeah. go out there and get basically what the Big 12 got, which was like a six-year, 
three to five billion dollar TV contract to keep that league intact. They just didn't want to do that. And uh, they uh, way overvalued what they thought the remaining teams brought to the table. I mean, there was no way that a Pac-12 without uh, USC, without UCLA. So the significance there obviously is no team in Southern California, no team in Los Angeles was going to draw $50 million per year. It was an absolute joke. And they lost Colorado, which kind of ended up being this amazing story. Again, I don't think it can continue. I don't think Colorado football next year is going to get two games that draw, you know, north of 10 million viewers. I think that was sort of a a one-year deal there. But um, to your point, in the column you did, they could have kept this conference intact. I think with a stronger commissioner, they would have. Somebody would have stood up to the presidents and said, you're wrong. You're not getting $50 million from ESPN per school. Yeah. You're getting 30 and be glad you're getting that. Because all you had to do was look at the landscape of what is going on in the industry to know that the Pac-12, which, you know, a primarily Western time zone, Pacific time zone conference doesn't get the viewers that the SEC, the ACC, and the Big Ten get. Yeah. You know, one reason the Big Ten expanded to include Rutgers in Maryland was to get an Eastern time zone presence mm-hmm. or more of one. And, and they've done it. And the Pac-12 was never going to get that kind of audience growth. So they weren't going to be able to get the $50 million they thought they were worth. And again, you go back to the presidents. You know, I remember when Tom Hansen was yeah. the president of the Pac-10. All right? And, and he grew it, and they made some very good, shrewd moves and even Larry Scott, you know, who takes a lot of lot of hits for his time as commissioner, he at least had the vision to move the basketball tournament to Vegas from L.A. where it wasn't drawing. Yeah. All right? And, you know, look, George Plivikoff's a nice guy, but I don't think he was well-suited to run a college athletic conference. He just wasn't. Yeah, and and now because of that, you've got a situation where, you know, you're in court right now with two of your former schools, Washington State and Oregon State. Oregon State just changed football coaches. I mean, things are a bit chaotic right now. So let's see what happens going forward. Maybe the Pac-12 will rebrand and add some Mount West schools, and maybe. You know, another school or two from another conference, maybe like a Tulane or somebody. But honestly, it was sad to sit in what was a great atmosphere for a great game. I mean, Oregon and Washington put on a nice show. Exactly. Historical TV that numbers. It ended that way. Yeah, I mean, historical TV yeah. numbers, by the way, Steve, fantastic game, went down to the last uh, play, sold out crowd. I mean, again, I mean, you know, this wasn't one of those conferences yeah, was, where, where you're like, of, of course, they're dead. It, it, we kept watching this and continue to going like, how the heck is this the end of the Pac-12? 
It was so, that's why it was so sad. Yeah. Because everything that you would want for your conference in its championship game, they delivered. Mm -hmm. Great crowd, both sides, Oregon and Washington. Great game, both sides. You know, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, two Heisman finalists. He had a competitive game. And there was a lot riding on it, obviously, for Washington, as we saw Sunday morning when the college football playoff committee made its decision. Had Washington not beaten Oregon, the Huskies would not have been in. And Florida State probably would have been in because I don't think even Oregon would have jumped up into the top four, to be honest. But all that being said, there was so much riding on the outcome from the Washington perspective that it really uh, it enhanced what was already a pretty pretty important day for a conference that was dying and uh, being given its last rights. Steve, just because you uh, touched on it, what did you think of the final results there? Again, I think a lot of people talk about Florida State. You know, they're 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 down to their third string quarterback. So I, I get that part of it from the committee, but as a team. At the end of the day, you're 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 thirteen and zero. You you played a great non-conference schedule. You beat Louisiana yeah. State. You beat Florida. Uh, by the way, we were at the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, going in, the Ducks were a ten-point favorite. You got to play these games on the field. Your your thoughts on the four teams that were selected for the college football playoff? I just knew there was no way the SEC was not going to be represented in this. Yeah, it just doesn't. It just doesn't happen. All right. And, you know, Texas having beaten Alabama head to head, they were getting in. Michigan certainly deserved it. And obviously, Washington deserved it. So somebody had to be on the outside looking in. Unfortunately, it was Florida State. And and I know the school, the ACC, uh, the coach and the players are all upset, and rightly so. But this is what happens when you have an imperfect system. Yeah, and you know you're you have computers, you've got people, and you're trying to come to consensus. And unfortunately, it, it didn't work out. Florida State did nothing wrong. Yeah, I mean, not their fault. Their quarterbacks got hurt. They had a third string guy, and he beat Louisville anyway. But it's it's hard to you know assign blame or something to Florida State. They did everything they were supposed to do and asked to do. You always play who's on your schedule. And they did. And they yeah. won. They're, they're undefeated. You know. So, I mean, once once everybody gets over the uh, anger uh, today and, and it'll be time to get back to business. You know, today's a big day in college football, by the way. And, and this is for... Every school that plays Division One A, the transfer portal is opening up today. Yep, on Monday. All right, guys are going to be on the move. Guys are going to be sitting out bowl games, and I don't know how you feel, Rosh, but for me, when when guys decide they're not playing in bowl games, I just think they're. You're really betraying their teammates. Like we saw with Florida last year. What they have like 20 guys who didn't want to play in Vegas against Oregon State no. in the Vegas Bowl. Remember that? Mm-hmm. 
Well, we're going to see a lot more of that now going forward because guys don't want to risk getting hurt. Guys are going to just, you know, guys who are not playing much are going to leave. And we'll get to UNLV in a second because they're faced with a, a couple of very interesting situations. So, but this is a weird, this is supposed to be the best time of the year in college football. And to me, a lot of it gets diminished when you've got guys leaving uh, to transfer out and not even stay loyal to their teammates. Forget their coaches, but how about how about stay loyal to their teammates? Yeah. Show up, play the ball. Don't worry about getting hurt. If you're really that worried, go take a an insurance policy out. That'll you know, in case you were to suffer a career-ending injury, that you, you wouldn't be able to play in the NFL. And remember, only. A few of these guys, you know, only a handful of guys make it to the NFL every year. All right? Yeah. So, you know, if you're Caleb Williams and you don't really want to play in the Holiday Bowl for USC, I still think he should dress, start. Well, well Steve, well, let, me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. I mean, just because yeah. I, I, I agree to a certain degree. But um, listen, I mean, Caleb Williams played. I, I thought it was ridiculous, by the way, that some people thought that when USC was no longer in uh, the college football playoff conversation and he was no longer in the Heisman mm-hmm. conversation that he should not play. I said, that's ridiculous. Play out the season. That being said, I mean, they just found out today that they're playing a game at Petco Park, a shoehorn football stadium, a football field right. inside of the San Diego Padres. Like, they, he has... No oblig. I mean, he's done. I mean, he has no obligation to play in that game. No, I, mean, I know. I, He'll, so I, you'll I, see him I, in the NFL next. I do push back on a guy who's thought of to be the number one overall pick, or at least a top five pick. Now trying to play in this is a money grab. I mean, it's fine. By the way, I, I have no issue with the the bowl system, but um, yeah, I mean, Caleb Williams, if yeah. he's going to go pro, I mean, the Holiday Bowl inside of Petco Park in in front of a half empty crowd uh, against. Louisville, like, he doesn't need to do that. I mean, I, my heart would be absolutely shattered right. if he hurt in a game that meant less than zero. I mean, I don't know. I just, uh, I don't think there's any. Well, he got hurt in the Pac-12 title game last year. That game, that game meant something. He was playing for the college football playoff. He was playing for the Pac-12 championship. Still technically yeah. playing the Heisman Trophy. All right. But, um, all right, hey, switching gears. I mean, let's now talk about the actual conference. No, no, still, no. Look. Yeah. No, look. You're. You, you you have a good point. I'm just saying, where's the loyalty to your teammates? You worked with them, you know, together in the offseason. You were lifting weights together. You were running, getting your conditioning in. You went through fall practice, spring practice. I mean, I just think, you know, a little bit of loyalty would not hurt. But Okay, Steve, the way I it's a business decision. I view these, and I don't want to say lower tier, because here's the thing. I said last year that there was some feeling, you know, should Caleb play in the Cotton Bowl? And I said, listen, the Cotton Bowl means something. The Cotton Bowl is still like a New Year's Six Bowl. I think it still means something. The Holiday Bowl and the Duke's Mayo Bowl and the Tony the Tiger Bowl, these are money grabs that I think are important. If you're coming back next season, it gives your team a few more days of practice. It's it's a glorified right. scrimmage. I I wouldn't use the where's your loyalty to your teammates. I think he was there the entire season. 
He uh, he's been there until now, right. and I think if at some point this week he he says it's been a great run, um, going to the draft. I'm no longer in school anymore. Like I, I, I'm 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 no longer a student at USC. Like I'm leaving. Uh, you know, don't worry about the uh, okay. Well, if that's the case, fine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, like you say, he's going to be, you know, a top five pick will probably be the top quarterback taken in the draft. I get it. I get it. I, you know, look, you know, USC, go to San Diego, go have fun. That's right. You know, give, give the next guy that his chance to show. I agree. Lincoln Riley, he can start and, and be done with it. So, right. Steve, we got five minutes or so left. I do want to get into the Mountain West Conference Championship game. Big moment for Absolutely. UNLV. Sad that it kind of, you know, it, it came to a finale like this in terms of what an amazing season Barry Odom had and UNLV had hosting this championship game. Uh, just it was never, mm -hmm. I mean, it was close for a quarter, but uh, your thoughts on that, your thoughts on the game. Hey, look, nobody thought UNLV was even going to sniff the Mountain West championship yeah. game. So when they came in with nine wins, and a chance to host said championship game. That was pretty heady stuff for a program that has been pretty down for decades. Mm -hmm. All right. So they they got beat by a Boise team that, that is really good. And by the way, rewarded their interim coach by taking the interim tag off them yeah. on Sunday. So uh, he's sticking around for a while which is good, and he deserves it. All this said, Barry Odom, they still have football to play, by the way, because yep. they're going to the Guaranteed Rate Bowl in Phoenix to play Kansas, which, by the way, is a very nice reward for UNLV to play a Power 5 school from the Big 12 in a bowl game. Much better to go to Albuquerque to play New Mexico State yeah. or to Tucson to play somebody from the Mac, I I thought this was a really nice reward for the Rebels. Now we'll see how they do against the Jayhawks, but they're playing for a ten-win season. They've always had that uh, since they went D one a you know once in nineteen eighty four with Harvey Hyde when Randall Cunningham was their quarterback. So UNLV has had a remarkable season. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, yeah, if you're a UNLV fan, you should be disappointed with the outcome Saturday. But you should also be thrilled that your team's going to a bowl. They've had a winning season for the first time in 10 years. And you've got a coach who's done a great job. Now you got to keep him because he may lose his offensive coordinator. Brandon Marion, who came in with a go-go offense, interviewed at UTEP the other day or Sunday. And, you know, we talk about the transfer portal. You know, Doug Brumfield, who was the starting quarterback in the beginning of the year, he may leave tomorrow, today. Yeah. He may have already left by the time this airs. We don't know. So a lot of things are going to be happening around that campus in the coming weeks as they get ready to play the bowl game. Even Odom admitted on Sunday after it was announced they were playing Kansas, that things are very fluid in college football at this time of the year and that he may lose staffers. He may lose players between now and the bowl game. I hope, 
you know, they could keep the roster intact to a degree, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Steve, six, 60 seconds. Where does UNLV football go from here? Again, you know, a tough couple losses to close out the season. But if they get that 10th win, 60 seconds, where does the football team go from here? Well, it's momentum they could build toward next year in trying to keep growing this thing to where, as Barry Odom said, they're a regular participant in the Mountain West Championship game and maybe, you know, they could win one. I mean, San Jose State did it a few, uh, what was it, three years, two, two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if they can do it, why can't UNLV? I, I just think this is a, a key time, and I wrote this a couple of weeks ago, Eric Harper, the AD, has got to come through and find a way to keep Odom as his head coach and try to come up with enough money to keep most of his staff together. Look, Brendan Marion yeah. can become a head coach. He's leaving. Yeah. All right. So we'll have to see what happens. But right now, it hasn't gotten this good for UNLV football in a long time. Yeah, and it was just it was just so exciting to see them part of what's really become a very fun sports uh, time here in Las Vegas. Steve, you're the best. We'll have you back on next week. Let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by Fernando Ramirez of the Sporting Tribune. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090s of the California, the bet in Las Vegas in the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. right, let's head back out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline. And joining us now for the Sporting Tribune, Fernando Ramirez. Fernando, how are you? Arash, I'm doing well. How about yourself? I am good. Um, Listen, I guess good news is just is going to be good news. A win is a win. I don't know how, uh, how else to say it, but that was one of the uglier football games on Sunday in recent history i mean a game that finishes with two field goals uh the chargers winning six to zero in new england uh so fernando they 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 did get one victory uh but man i i don't know if you can have a victory that that felt more i don't i don't want to say deflating because again a win is a win but i mean hard to celebrate when you win six to nothing your thoughts on the uh, chargers six to nothing victory against the New England Patriots on Sunday. I love how you had the Patriots and deflating in the same. Uh, <laughs> wow, there we go. Uh, well, uh, that was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> no, but to be honest, I think uh, I, I, I know I'm going to go a different route than most people, but I thought they showed one thing that 
I mean, I think Brandon Staley's actually done a really good job with during his tenure, and that's building up the special teams unit. People forget the Chargers had one of the worst special team units in in for the last almost since they got to LA up until last year. Yeah. Uh, in twenty twenty one, his first season, uh, Darius Swinton was there, and, and they did an okay job. But really, and when they got uh, Ryan Ficken from from um, from the Vikings, uh, that's when they improved. J.K. Yeah. Scott comes in. Uh, Cameron Dickers, Arash, they had 12 kickers from 2017 till 2022 uh, until um, they got Cameron Dicker. 12 kickers, that's incredible. Wow. Um, and then obviously they drafted Darius Davis, who's one of the best punt returners in the, well, one of the best returners in the NFL uh, this season. But that was, the special teams are what showed up. I mean, uh, and I know it's boring, but J.K. Scott was, uh, had eight punts, seven of them were inside of the uh, the twenty yard line, which is a record for the Chargers. So it was just, it was one of those. And the defense, five sacks, two of them Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack is now half a sack away from a hundred in his career. He wow. leads now the NFL in sacks with fifteen uh, at thirty two years old. So it's just really impressive what uh, what he's done. But um, yeah, I mean. It, it it feel it doesn't really feel like a victory just because I mean from the point of view of like six points were scored it was a really ugly game the weather was bad but some stuff showed up that we've seen all season where the Chargers offense just can't get going if it's not Keenan Allen because the Patriots did a good job of taking away Keenan Allen at numerous times um, Quentin Johnson had one good drive but then on a crucial third down he dropped the ball. Donald Parham dropped the ball. Like there was a lot of drops again uh, on Sunday, and and that's a little concerning. And the defense almost gave up huge plays. They gave up a, a end around for forty yards, and then they almost gave up a huge play to Devontae Parker. But uh, they had drops uh, as well on that side. But it it was an ugly, ugly, ugly win uh, to be honest. And but uh, there's a lot of the same things that you're that you've been seeing for weeks. So where you're still seeing some of those things uh, today. Yeah. I mean, what, where do they go from here in the sense that they got a victory? I mean, sometimes if you just get a win at this point, I, I, I don't think we're talking playoffs, but again, I mean, where does the team go from here? How do they close out the season? Well, I mean, it's really a lot of it is going to depend on uh, the availability of Josh Palmer. I mean, he's, a, he's able to come back, but it doesn't seem uh, as of right now, they haven't activated him. Um, I don't know if they're going to get him back this year. If they if they can't get him back, then uh, I think that's a huge hit because um, because of the way that uh, this offense without Ke- it's so dependent on Keenan Allen and there's nobody else to really kind of get it going. That uh, I think they'll struggle. The offensive line, while it was good on Sunday, I just don't. I still don't believe in it all, all that much. Uh, outside of Rashawn Slater, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then on the defensive side of the football, I mean they played Billy Bailey Zappi. Like they're, you're going to face Russell Wilson next week. You're going to face uh, Aiden O'Connell, and I know people are going to be like Aiden O'Connell, but he saw as Devontae Adams. That's going to be a huge weapon uh, on that team, and in a short week, and they still face Stephon Diggs and and Josh Allen. So they're and then Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson again. So. I just uh, playoffs to me just sound way too. I I just don't see them making the playoffs. At best, I mean they get one or maybe yeah. I, I think at best they get one more victory, but I just don't see where they're going to be able to get it from. 
their best chance is going to be on Sunday and against the Broncos at home. But even that's going to be a tough uh, matchup because the Broncos are, are right in there for the playoff, uh, playoff hunt. But in my opinion, nothing changes from my feelings about the way I've seen uh, this team this season, uh, even after beating the Patriots. I mean, it was six to zero. I mean, and honestly, the (laughs) Patriots, Patriots had multiple chances to try and uh, move the football and and punch it in, but they just couldn't, they couldn't get there. So uh, yeah, that's just my uh, honest opinion. When, uh, you know, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about what the Chargers may do if they move on from Brandon Staley. It does seem at the very least that they're going to probably let him finish out the season, which you said from the get-go that, listen, they're not a franchise that's going to make a move during the season. So, listen, following a win, that that's probably going to stay uh, the uh, case. Um, when you look at some of the names out here, again, they were, they were going head-to-head against Bill Belichick. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's now in the uh, college football uh, playoff after winning the Big Ten. Um uh, do you do you begin to track that? I mean, is there a coach out there that you think would help this team? I mean, you would like to hope so, especially because, I mean, and that's the thing. You need kind of a culture changer. And I know Bill Belichick, I know Jim Harbaugh are, are two of those guys that you, they. That, that's the thing. You need somebody who has a proven track record. Uh, and I, I'm just saying in a hypothetical world, you need somebody who has a track record of changing the culture for the positive. Jim Harbaugh's done it, even if it's a three-year window to win with Jim. Because I mean, obviously, he doesn't. He usually doesn't uh, stay past. Uh, well, he didn't stay that all that long with San Francisco. Yeah. Um, it's not like he's going to be a, a Tom Landry or a Bill Cowher or a Mike Tomlin. But I mean, a three or four-year window with him, I think he could definitely do something. But I uh, ultimately, I think those two guys, a name that I think uh, should be getting a little bit more love is Dan Quinn, oh, uh, yeah. defensive coordinator from the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he's gone to the Super Bowl before. Uh, obviously, it was kind of a um, a weird sequence uh, towards the end of that game and uh, against the Patriots, where uh, if they would have just ran the football three straight times, they could have kicked the field goal, been up by 10, and the Patriots... Uh, never win that sixth Super Bowl, but coulda, woulda, shoulda. Uh, actually, maybe he does belong here. Coulda, woulda, shoulda is kind of a <laughs> charger MO. No. Uh, but uh, but that's another name. Uh, Frank Smith from the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he was with the Chargers before uh, as the, their offensive line coach. He was kind of the one that kind of got this fixed, and they did really well with him. Um, I think that's another name that should be floated around. But if I'm um, – if if – I mean, in a hypothetical world, Brandon Taylor is not the coach. If I'm the Chargers, I look at somebody who's been a head coach in the NFL and no, not going the Norval Turner route where you get somebody who hasn't had any success as a head coach and you bring him in and and maybe he could fix this. No, you need to go get somebody who has a proven track record, somebody who can change the culture and somebody that uh, can help uh, Justin Herbert. Because honestly, Arash, man, I'm sorry that I'm kind of going off, but... Uh, people people want to criticize Justin Herbert. They're like, oh, he's not that good. He's blah, blah, whatever. Peyton Manning and Drew Brees did not start winning until about five or six years into their career. Mm-hmm. It takes time and it takes the right coach. And that's what the Chargers need to be looking at. They need to think not with their wallets. They need to think with their quarterback and be like, you know what? With Dan Fouts, there was a window. It came crashing down with Philip Rivers. We had a window crashing down. Let's change the way we do this. Let's not be the same old Chargers, and let's do something different. Let's let's get out of the uh, get out of our comfort zone, 
and let's try and go get somebody that can uh, that can be a game changer for us. I mean, that's ultimately what I would do if I was uh, in their shoes because uh, you have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, top five, top three, whatever you want to call them. But uh, you can't waste this potential, especially with uh, with some of the weapons that you already have on this team, and and like Keenan Allen, and and uh, maybe you look at that kid from Georgia, Brock Bowers, to be his next tight end. I mean, I don't know, but. I'm just saying, like, they just need somebody that can change. They need to go away from their typical MO and do something different if they want to uh, win and, and have longevity. That's the thing. Longevity is is where you look at the Patriots and the Chiefs and the 49ers, and you're like, wow, you applaud uh, those teams, um, to be completely honest. I wanted to get your thoughts on the college football playoff in terms of the four teams that they chose. And they got they- it right. Okay, and then if you could touch on that. Uh, because, again, you've yeah. covered football for years, and at the end of the day, I know Florida State's playing with their third string, but, like, I don't know, did did did, did the team as a whole deserve to make it? Your thoughts? I mean, yeah, but the thing is, people want to say, oh, these aren't the four best teams. No, that's not what the committee sets out to do. If you really look at what the committee's done in the last few years— it's all about the entertainment aspect of it. They want the four best teams that are going to put viewers like asses in seats to watch the games. That's why you have Michigan versus Alabama, and that's why you do Texas versus Washington. That's what's going to get viewers. If you would have had Florida State against Michigan, and a lot of people would have been like, you know what, we already know what's going to happen in that game. Here, well, you have a lot of star-studded uh, potential in all four games. Um, the only the only problem I guess I kind of have was like with Georgia, like getting kicked out. I was kind of like, wow, like you were literally number one or number two the whole season and one loss at the end in the end. But I understand it because the winner of the SEC, because it is supposedly the best conference, should get in there. So I understood that because Alabama beat them. But I, I was perfectly fine with it. I actually, I had told, uh, I had told people, I think this is be the best playoff these four teams, and now it gets, uh, it gets really interesting. I think these were the four best teams, and I think that uh, we're in for a really good uh, uh, Rose Bowl and and uh, and here in LA, and then obviously uh, the other game. The, this, I think, this is the best choice that they could have made. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. I mean, for, even- I mean like, again, entertainment purpose, yeah. not I mean- the. Four best. It's a great point. The, the Rose Bowl now will be next level. I mean, like Alabama, oh. Michigan. I mean, Super you're not going to get exactly. Yeah. You're not going to get bigger than that. So, really excited for the Rose Bowl. Uh, and again, the, just, just so for folks out there know, I mean, the Rose Bowl this year is a college football semifinal game. That's why they get that particular. Hey, Ross, you want to make a bet if uh, if <laughs> Alabama loses or yeah. if Alabama wins? Okay, I bet you Jim Harbaugh will be asked. So is the NFL like? Yeah. It's LA. Like oh, people yeah. are gonna ask them, is is that what's next for? Is the NFL next uh, for you? And G- that's gonna. I think Jim's gonna lose this crap if uh, <laughs> if somebody asks them that. that. That's gonna be good. Um, all right, just going around the bend a little bit. The Rams going in sort of like in an opposite direction, I guess, of the Chargers in the sense that they have won three in a row. First time they've won three straight since the season that they won the Super Bowl. They are now, as we sit here today on a Monday in. The playoffs. We'll see if that continues and all that good stuff and what happens. But they're six and six in the playoff picture. What have you liked about the Rams? And do you think they can now uh, kind of close this thing out and get into the playoffs? The NFC is horrible. I mean, you have all these other teams really like like hitting each other and everything, and then you go look over (laughs) here and you're like, 
damn, okay, like this is uh this is the NFC, but um I mean I, I, I think the one thing that I've liked is now they're starting to get healthy. Mm-hmm. Where I guess they hadn't been. I mean, Puka, I mean, uh, Cooper Cup had kind of been in and out. Then, uh, then uh, obviously Puka Nakua's kind of held it down. I've I've told you, I've told people for a while. I've told uh, what I really like about the Rams is the way they're being built. Less need, and and I've told you a rush in the past. Third, uh, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, undrafted. That's where you. That's where you. Uh, that is where you draft all your depth. So the Rams are starting to get really good depth. Um, I think uh, I think Stafford's. I think he's playing good. Uh, but what I'm just really impressed with is Puka Nakua, uh, Cooper Cup, other guy Tyler Higby. Other guys are stepping up for the Rams, and uh, you saw Robinson today have a couple of good plays. So or on Sunday, but um, that's what I'm impressed with, and and I really feel like they're fighting. They're trying to to squeeze into the playoffs. I know some people are probably not happy because. They want the Rams to draft a quarterback, and and they were hopeful that maybe the next generation of quarterback could be on the Rams. They could still get one, but it'd be a little bit later. But um, but I I definitely think you have to be impressed with them because I mean, starting off the season, you could have said, oh, they can mail it in now, and and maybe Sean McVay leaves and uh, and uh, he goes into the booth. But now they just they look like they're um they're serious contenders to to make the playoffs. Um. It's it's so interesting, like you said. I mean, like a part of me wants to be happy that they're in that they may be in the playoffs. But you're right. I mean, the, the NFC is just um, hot garbage. I mean, at, at uh, six and six, a team being in the playoffs. So uh, we'll we'll see how that all uh, plays out. Let, 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 let me ask you this: Are you into this um, NBA in season tournament, Adam Silver? No. Okay. <laughs> He's trying to make these games in November, and December mean something. Uh, it's so bad. Yeah. Well, what are your thoughts there? I've. Uh... I would honest like to me the NBA season should start on Christmas Day to be completely yeah. honest. I would backtrack everything and then have the season end right when training camp starts. That's just my opinion. I think that'd be awesome. You go from basketball into football. People can be excited about. It. I know baseball's right in between, um, but I think fans would get excited about that. But this in season tournament, it's just honestly they they wanted to go over to Europe. They see what Europe does. That they have the Champions League the Europa Cup, that they have uh, other stuff like that. And they're like, you know what? Why not? Why not try something new like this? And I'm very surprised that LeBron's all for it. I know that the money, obviously, the money aspect is, I guess, uh, exciting for him. But for his body, his wear and tear and how old he is, I'm surprised he's for it. Because, uh, I mean, I, I honestly, the in-season tournament of Russia, I'd be honest, I would pull a Greg Popovich and just sit. <laughs> Anthony Davis, LeBron James, I wouldn't even let them play. Yeah. Like, are we playing for a, tr- a meaningless trophy or $500,000 in Vegas? Or are we playing for uh, the NBA championship? Like, like, so what? Now you're going to put up banners that say in-season champions, <laughs> tournament champions? Like, get yeah. the hell out of here. Like, that is, that is just, I, I just didn't like it. I, I thought it was dumb. And I love European soccer. I love, uh, I love it and everything, but I just I, I think the NBA went wrong with this. I thought they should have made, or maybe if you do the in season tournament, fine, cut down the game, the number of games that these guys play during the season to kind of even it out. But obviously, they want to make everything more difficult on themselves, and and uh, injuries haven't really got going yet. But watch, if one big star goes down, then that that's where Adam Silver is going to get into some uh, hot water. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Again, I mean, again, we both like soccer. 
the reason that those yeah. tournaments matter is the history there. And I know to exactly create, to create history, you have to start something, but like you can't create it from thin air. You, you, it's, exactly. I, I they're doing so much to make these players care about it. I don't know how much they're doing to make actual fans care about well, it. Well, I wonder how much they gave LeBron to kind of hype them up in their marketing and be like, oh, yeah, we're going to win $500,000. Yeah, like, yeah. Why would you? Like, you're LeBron James. You could probably make that just by making an appearance or, yeah. I don't know, like, you, you make that money regardless. Like, why do you care so much about that much money? But... Yeah. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't yeah, really, I'm not a fan. It doesn't, it doesn't move the needle. Um, all right, last two minutes with you. Um, holiday ball. Yeah, um, punk. By the way, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, I, I definitely want to get more, more into that like as we get no. closer to the Royal Rumble in Tampa. But um, Holiday Bowl, USC, Louisville, going to be at Petco Park. I was thinking of going. I, I would have been more excited with USC Clemson. By the way, shout out to the, ho the um, Holiday Bowl a social media team that had to make the most of a over 60 minute delay as they tried to figure out yeah. who USC was going to play. Um, your thoughts, uh, Fernando, USC, Louisville, Holiday Bowl, and it's going to be at Petco Park. I want to know if Caleb Williams is going to play. That's that's where I'm most interested I don't interested think there's, there's any chance, right? I mean, why, why would he play in that game? I have no idea. By the way, he could. But... I'd I mean, but like for him, maybe it's like, oh, like, let me wear this one more time. Let yeah. me show a little bit more on national TV what I've got so people remember. Because I think his draft stock has fallen just a, uh, just a tad bit, I'm okay. sure. Um, and maybe he could show sh something there. and and Or maybe just play for a half. I mean, I wouldn't do it specifically. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe this kid Maybe this kid wants to show a little bit more of what he's got. And, uh, and he decides to do it. I mean, again, I would advise him to against it. But. Uh, you know how some players are. They they uh, they want to maybe improve their draft stock and everything, and and he decides to play. But I mean, if he does play, then it's all eyes on this. That is Everyone's going to be excited. If he doesn't, then uh, then it's kind of kind of be like, okay, like just it's not really what everybody had uh, hoped, I guess. Because Clemson, like you said, Clemson USC would have been fantastic. Would have been fantastic. Dabo Sweeney, Clemson, that history that they've had over the past ten years would have been fantastic. They got Louisville, but I, I think you're right, Fernando. And by the way, Caleb hasn't said anything, so there's still a chance. That, and if he's yeah. playing, I got to imagine Petco will be, you know, close to sold out. I think people are going to want to see Caleb Williams one last time. Where Maybe they'll give him an extra game. check to uh, well, nice. incentivize him to play. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, all right, Fernando, you are the best, my friend. We will have you back on uh, shortly. Uh, that is all the time we have for today, folks. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then. This is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to home. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.